0: everyone and welcome to another episode of the Trade Talk podcast here with myself. My name is Sabha Kanwar. I am the host of this podcast. If you are new here, welcome to the podcast. And yeah, so um, before really starting to talk about what we're going to talk about in this episode, I really want to just give a huge shout out to everyone who listened to the, the first episode of the podcast. I'm so glad to see the the support that I got, the love that I got for it. And it was it's just surreal to see the amount of people who heard it, the amount of people who liked it and I'm happy and absolutely <laughs> I feel I feel so good to see that you guys enjoyed the episode and I'm 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 gonna continue to make um content that you all of you like listening to and I'm it's just I don't even know how to say. It. I'm speechless man <laughs> I'm so speechless because I really don't know what to say here. Uh, I've gotten so many messages saying that it was a good episode and I'm glad and I want to keep putting out more stuff that all of you like and yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, by the by, if you're here, if you're here right now, uh, I'm surprised that you are and I don't know why you're here. I don't know why you guys are listening to me. (laughs) I don't know where this has come from. But uh, yeah, I'm just glad that All of you are back and I'm gonna make sure that I entertain you guys enough and, well, I'm able to learn enough with you guys so that you guys stick and I'm gonna make sure you guys have the best time. So, um, anyway, last episode we talked about a subject that was, well, not completely centered around but was still related to risky investments. We talked about China's Belt and Road Initiative BRI policy and how it was linked to risky investments and loans and the accumulation of national debt in the world. And today we're going to do something linked to it. So I'm going to try to create a link between the last episode and uh, today's episode. But the twist here is that we're going to talk about the exact counterpart, the exact opposite of China, which is the Western counterpart of it. Hence, drum roll ensues the united states of america <laughs> so today's episode is going to be about the 2008 u.s financial crisis well i say u.s it was more of a global uh financial crisis however it was well It it did really the the ball started rolling in the u.s and then because of course as the u.s always does it yanks everyone down with them <laughs> actually you know People thought that I was hating on China, so I'm just going to balance the books here. <laughs> I'm just going to hate a little on, on the US as well. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about the crisis. We're going to talk about um, how it really began, what uh, founded the the core of the problem, how that, that problem was discovered, and how the problem really um, burst into action. So we're going to explore all these things and we're going to, well, in essence, go through it as a narrative, as a story. And also, by the way, if you guys have, please, I would recommend this movie, this this movie a hundred times over. Please watch The Big Shot. It is one of the best movies that I have ever seen. It, it just, It's just so good. I don't even know what words to use to describe it. It's amazing. It's um, got the right amount of, well... Um, storylines and character building and it's just got everything it's amazing i definitely would recommend it if not for the storyline just watch it for ryan gosling and steve carell man not forgetting christian bale christian bale best batman (laughs) i've just i've just enraged so many (laughs) michael keaton lovers here but um anyway so i would recommend the movie totally don't take it as your entire knowledge for um, the events that ensued in the financial crisis, but do take it as, um, a starter really, because that's how I started to investigate into it. Um, anyway, so the two thousand eight financial crisis, what was it exactly? So it basically um was the crisis, even though it sounds as if it's a crisis of the stock market which is what most most people assume wow i cannot speak which is what most people assume when considering a financial crisis that's actually not what happened so the bedrock for this crisis was the housing market melting down completely and the bubble that was formed over 30 years it popping instantaneously and um actually not instantaneously it really was a gradual downfall but it happened so quickly it was it was built over 30 years and it happened in the span of what two years and (laughs) it was it was absolutely horrific I'm laughing right now even though I shouldn't (laughs) but um, yeah so that's basically uh, what it was and right now we're gonna talk about a uh, how the US housing market had functioned and b how that led to the evolution the creation of the housing bubble so to understand well any housing market not just the u.s housing market to understand any housing market you have to see that there are three aspects to the market well firstly there is the borrower so any citizen who wants to buy a house that would be the borrower that person would uh, if he does not have the money to buy the house entirely they would take a loan from the bank now, that would be the borrower. That's the first aspect. Then the second aspect is the lender, which would be the bank who gives uh, out loans to citizens who want to get homes. And the third aspect, which is, I'd say, the more uh, complex aspect, that's where the the, the 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 entire situation starts to get a little more complicated, a little uh, harder to wrap your head around. That's the investor side of it. So investors are usually the ones who invest in... Um, mortgages and loans which we will we'll be talking about so um yes so we're gonna be focusing on the first two aspects when uh, aspects for now which is the first aspect borrower and second aspect lender so to buy a house um if a person needs a loan let's say if I want to buy a house I take a loan from the bank uh well in any loan in any case of me taking a loan may that be for a house or for buying a car or for anything else it. Would be required that I um, set something up as a security for me to uh, for me to repay the loan. So uh, the bank would require me to put up something as a security, such that I am obliged to repay the, the the amount that I owe them. So that is known as collateral. And in terms of house loans, in terms of property loans, the house that is being bought is the collateral that exists in. In, in, in house loan and that is what a mortgage is in which the collateral is the house which is purchased with the help of the loan taken now the the thing with mortgages is that back in the 1960s and early 1900s mortgages were only given to people who had steady jobs so who had good jobs um a steady steady uh, flow of money, steady flow of income. Those are the people that got mortgages because they're the ones who have the, the highest credit worthiness, and those are the ones which are most likely to repay the loan that they've taken. And because of that, mortgages were taken as safe investments. Now, of course, with any loan, again, there was interest. Uh, there was interest uh, that was paid on top of the uh, the principal amount. So. B- banks and lenders really assumed mor- mortgages to be safe investments, so that they could get a low risk, high return. And this was true um, until, well, the, the United States of America uh, they just <laughs> decided to absolutely mess it up with their with their weird capitalistic antics, of course, as they always do. But uh, <laughs> that's what happened. And mortgages, they were really safe investments they were considered safe investments by banks by investors now at this time at during the 19 at the during the late 1960s 1970s investors they were trying to look for another safe investment a higher um a higher return than what bonds treasury bonds gave them and they looked towards mortgages so they went okay mortgages are safe investments they are given to people who are very likely to pay them back they have a decent interest rate and yeah we should we should totally invest in them fair right and they did but the thing with investors is they won't just invest in one uh one person's well separate mortgage right they won't just invest in my mortgage or your you you guys listening they won't just invest in one singular uh mortgage loan they would invest in all uh, well a huge amount of mortgage loans that is compiled and worth well Millions and billions of dollars, And that's what the banks did for the investors. The banks they pooled up these mortgage loans into something called a mortgaged back security. So it was literally just a pool of these mortgage loans, just to com- just to, just to compile all these loans into a singular group, and they allowed investors to take and buy pools well a, a, a particular chunk of this pool of mortgage loans so that is what particularly that that's how mortgage backed securities were born and these were well for the most part during the beginning this was safe because most banks they just took a lot of the safe investments they they compiled them they classified them into safer and less safer investments so they were uh classified based on the the the, the credit worthiness of the borrower and then they were of course um given to investors and the the banks made a profit investors made uh, a high return as well borrowers weren't well worried at the time and there was no there was no harm really now where did the problem really ha- happen? So the problem occurred when investors, they started running out of mortgages to buy. And more and more investors, they wanted to buy mortgage-backed securities because of the fact that there was a high return. So demand started increasing. There were only so many mortgages that existed because, well, of course, the the, the amount of people in the country is is quite limited. And the amount of, well, uh, worthy borrowers is even more limited. So banks, they wanted to create more ba- more mortgages and there was no other way to do it except to, well, as the bank said, if the investors want more mortgages, they just make more mortgages. So what they did was, they loaned money to people with less and less secure jobs, with menial jobs, with um, a menial income. And they gave all these loans to people who aren't very capable of repaying the loans and because of this the mbss that were created the mortgage-backed securities that were created they started becoming less and less safe of investments and the problem the crux of the problem really came here that banks they really wanted an upper level credit rating from credit rating agencies they wanted the highest of the highest uh, a triple a rating which basically classifies the most safe an investment can get uh so that's essentially what happened banks they wanted to get that rating whatsoever well, no matter what happens and they were going to get it so credit rating rating agencies they fell into the trap of competition and they were kind of well if it, it, there was this create that there was this um system created the structure created where they were Obliged to give a high credit rating to these mortgage-backed securities, and because of that, a mortgage-backed security which was just absolutely crappy, full of shit, really, <laughs> and bad loans, bad mortgages to um, to 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 uh, to borrowers which wouldn't be able to pay them back. These mortgage-backed securities they were deemed to be extremely safe and extremely um, well profitable so investors they started buying all these all these mortgage-backed securities mortgage-backed securities they skyrocketed the the amount of the amount of money made of them absolutely skyrocketed the amount of investments made in the housing market they they also skyrocketed to the point where in 2007 the housing market became i think well was valued at 500 billion dollars While uh, a decade ago, it was worth less than a tenth of that. So, well, essentially, the housing market, it blew up because of mortgage-backed securities. Now, the issue really came here. This was the fallacy that, that really everyone ignored and couldn't see coming at all. With the increase in the demand for houses, with people buying more houses, house prices, they blew up. Yeah. House prices blew up. The mortgage that was required to pay on the house, so the principal amount plus the interest that was required to pay on the house, they blew up as well because of this increase in demand. And when you have higher loans taken by people who don't have that high of an income, so uh, risky borrowers, they're not going to be able to pay it back and they weren't. And that is where the problem the ball it started rolling all borrowers that had a credit rating of well less than a b they weren't able to pay back the loans they weren't able to pay back the huge huge amounts of uh, money that they had to pay back because of the the skyrocketing mortgage prices and house prices as well they started defaulting investors they stopped getting their returns And the investors, they stopped investing in these mortgage-backed securities. So really, the problem was that the bank had no money from the investors. The investors weren't buying the mortgages. The borrowers weren't giving money to the banks because they had no money. They didn't have enough money. They defaulted on their mortgage loans. So the bank had given money out and did not get anything back in return. So, that was the issue that came up. And another issue that was created, another problem that was created as a result of this, of people, well, stopping to invest in houses, was that house prices, they fell extremely. They fell by a huge amount. House prices collapsed immediately. At the the end of 2007, so the third quarter, was when house prices, they plummeted. And people who had to pay huge amounts of money in for their mortgage loans that they had taken for houses that now were worth a, a, a fraction of that, they decided that there's no point in paying so much money for a house that isn't worth anything. So they stopped paying their mortgages too. They stopped paying their their paying their loans back, and that made banks even less, even 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 more poor, and that is the crux of the problem that was what happened the ignorance of banks in terms of considering the 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 very risk in terms of these investments the um the risk that is taken and the ignorance of the entire system to see the, the the investors especially the the ignorance to see the problem in investing in something that's not stable at all and making money off that as well expecting that to be stable across decades that is what really caused the u.s financial market and the housing market to collapse banks at the end of the day had given out loads of money loads and loads of money to borrowers and they had nothing but cheap houses which weren't enough which which weren't worth anything really so well, the US Treasury, the the, 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 the the Treasury had to bail out the banks, Financial, the, the, the Federal Reserve had to bail out huge banks, banks even, dude, banks went bankrupt, <laughs> how is that possible, a bank going bankrupt, that's unheard of, and so many repercussions followed, people were, well, people lost their jobs, people lost their homes. Uh, people lost so much money investors lost lost uh, their trillions billions trillions of dollars and at the end of the day the the entire u.s economy was flattened and was 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 halved in its value the housing market especially and because the housing market was given so much importance throughout the 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 three to four decades in which it was booming the collapse of that market the pillar of the us economy it fell and the us economy it fell flat on its face along with it so that's exactly what happened with the 2008 financial crisis i really hope that i was able to explain it because it's a it's a really complex um, story it it people really lose track of what happened And I hope I was able to explain it with, well, some ease and nuance as well. I hope you guys were able to understand because it really took me a long time to understand it as well. I didn't get any of it. Um, But yeah, that's about it for me right now. Um, There are a lot of more variables in it, in the story. And I'm sure that I've missed some information. But, well, I hope you guys were able to get the essence of uh, what really happened. And yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed. I had the most amount of fun doing uh, research for this US, shitting on the US, my favorite job. (laughs) And yeah, so that's it for me, guys. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed and I'll see you guys in the next one.